0: but to all people uh, of all ages. So we're reading today from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star, And it's rising in the east. And we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened. And all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet Micah. And you, Bethlehem, the prophet writes, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them Not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Lessons, the reading of today's gospel. Thank you, Frank.
1: Let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let us pray. Oh God, this day, some 2,000 years after the birth of your son, of God with us, of Emmanuel. Make that story and that truth fresh for us, as real as a newborn baby being born into our lives. Help us to hear this story not with jaded or ears that might say I have heard it so many times before, but help us to hear it as if for the first time, with curiosity, with joy, and with hope. Amen. And so from that text, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. You know, if you don't have a working compass or a star in the sky or a good map, it can be very hard to figure out. Just where you are going. Just where you are going. A story. About one giant rock, one huge front door, all glass, top to bottom, and one group of sometimes heck-raising neighborhood seven- and eight-year-old boys who one day playfully chased one of their group home, and now that kid is standing on the other side of that glass front door, making faces... At those boys and taunting this Lilliputian mob all from safely within his house. And then one of the boys thinks, you know, I think I'll just scare him. I'll throw a rock towards the door. Except it turns out to be a throw and it smashes through the door and completely destroys that front door. And all the kids scatter. And that rock throwing kid is interrogated later By his detective mom. Did you throw the rock? Tell me the truth, John. Split second for me to make a moral choice and a moral decision to follow a moral path, to stay on the straight and the narrow, or not. I knew what I was about to say wasn't right, and yet a denial poured forth. No, it wasn't me. Really, I didn't do it. Well, then who threw the rock? I don't know. Friends, that's the first ever lie I remember intentionally telling. To avoid taking responsibility for my actions. Now, being all-seeing and all-knowing, as most parents are, mom got me to admit I was the perp. And yes, I was punished. But looking back on that, for me, the real moral stumble in that story was not my impulsive act of rock-throwing, which was just plain stupid, but the ignoring of my own inner moral compass. My moral compass, the values, the ideals, clear notions of right and wrong, good and bad, that even then was already taking shape within my soul. A moral compass. I ignored it even though I knew that to lie was wrong. That to lie was to break trust with another. That to lie was to cast blame on someone else. That to lie was a sin against what I'd learned in the house I grew up in and the Christian faith that had formed me from my birth. A moral compass. You know, when it works, it is always pointing true north towards the right thing to do in any given situation. A moral compass with Jesus as the star in the sky, the one to follow. Friends, there are lots of reasons to embrace and practice our Christian faith. We may be here this day for comfort, or for challenge, or for both, for a quiet sanctuary, for a blessing and a start to a new year. We are here because we want our kids to grow in faith. We are here for sacred music and ancient ritual, but I know for me... One of the most important keys to my faith, maybe the most important key, has always been the care and nurture of my inner moral compass. Because you see, I need help and direction every day to know what the good and the right and godly thing is to do. To learn how best to love self, love neighbor, love God. I mean, that's why I do church. You know, we've been talking in 2020 about why is church important to you. That's why church is important to me. I get lessons every week about how to live. I'm not saying that to kind of brag. But left to my own devices, I can be all over the map and even get lost morally sometimes. I can get lost to living life obsessed with quenching my appetites. Just meeting my sensual desires. You know, if it feels good, do it. I can get lost to living for self alone. I, as the center of the world, it's all about me, right? I can get lost to worshiping materialism. Imagine that I win because I have the most toys. I can get lost to my lower impulses, to judging others, to insisting on always being first and being right. To imagine that I know how others are supposed to live, even as I might not look at the way I live. But friends, a compass, a compass will always show the way. Use it and you're on track. Lose it and you may end up in a place where you'd never imagine wondering, how did I get here? So the wise men in today's scripture, they did not have a compass that was not used for navigation until 1,000 A.D. by the Chinese, nor did they possess a sextant. That did not come into being until 1731. What they did have to show them way, the way from the far Middle East to Bethlehem was the stars, the stars. Being astrologers, they knew those celestial bodies better than most folks, and so even as they traveled so far, even though they had to take a detour to avoid running into a jealous and violent King Herod. By keeping their eyes on the prize in the sky, on a star, in a dark night, they traveled on the right road, on the way, on the path that led them to this newborn child, Jesus, the King of the Jews, that led them to Emmanuel, God with us. Another story. Most all of us know about Apollo 13 and the ill fated mission to the moon in 1970. Has anybody seen the movie? Well, there's one amazing scene. It's called First Burn. An onboard explosion happened halfway between the Earth and the moon. Their vehicle was crippled. There was a very good chance that those three astronauts would never make it back home, would die in space. And because of a field of debris, From the explosion that circled around their craft, they were flying blind. None of their onboard computers were able to guide them anymore, and they needed a celestial body, some clear marker to shoot for when they did one final burn of their rockets to get them back to Earth. Does anyone know what they did? It was actually someone in Houston who came up with the idea. They said, just keep the Earth... The earth centered in your window, the earth in the window, and everything would work. And they did that, and they made it home. So think about that, earth in the window, as a guide. If you keep pointed towards it, all will be well. On this Epiphany Sunday, this very first Sabbath of 2019, here's a question. Friends, what is your earth in the window that keeps you on track, that gives you a place to stand in the world? What is one moral ideal, or an ethical star in the sky, or a Christian lesson that keeps you going on the road, that shapes your day-to-day behavior, that keeps you on the path, forms the heart of your moral compass? Maybe it is a piece of scripture Maybe when I say moral compass, you think about a person in your life who taught you about integrity and honesty and courage. Maybe it is a simple life rule you follow that someone taught you. Or it is a story that Jesus teaches. We all need to have earth, earth in the window. For, my, for me, one of the most important symbols that I have of this earth in the window is one simple truth, that when I want to find God in the world, when I know I am on a good path, when I meet God's call in my life, it comes when I work in this life to empower the powerless, to help the helpless, to seek out the underdog, to remember the forgotten, to find the lost, to comfort the lonely, to defend the bullied, To watch out for all of the folks in this world who too often are either rejected or neglected. That's my earth in the window, my star. What's yours? What is your earth in the window? Because I think deep down one of the most important reasons we choose to take a Christian path and follow our inner moral compass is why we have faith and why we do faith. I know absolutely if you are the mom or the dad of a kid or a preteen or a teenager, I think your great hope in being active in church is that they will develop their own inner moral compass. All to follow that star in the sky and the earth in the window to keep our eye on the prize especially when the road is long or the path is bumpy. We just need to help to make our way on this trip called human life. So, friends, Happy New Year. May all of us follow God's moral compass, looking up into the heavens, looking ahead to the journey, and always keeping earth in the window. Then God will surely guide us on our way. Let all God's wise women and men declare, amen.